Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday morning, (laughs) and uh, we shared a little bit um, a preview of the Lutheran Witness uh, June-July issue that addresses some of the things that we've been experiencing with the pandemic and and how to respond, uh, how we move forward, how we uh, carry on after the pandemic and the impacts that impact that it'll have on us, um, or at least how we anticipate it'll have an impact on us. Uh, Looking around in our community, how else has this had an impact on our community? Taking a look at Humanitry, a great organization here in St. Louis that, that serves the community. Deaconess Dr. Kim Shave, Executive Director of Humanity, Humanitry, joining us on the phone this morning. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Thanks so much for being our guest this morning. What is the, the work of Humanitry? Well, Humanitry works in the St. Louis region to help families that are facing homelessness to overcome that. Um, there are so many root causes that can contribute to a family becoming homeless. A lot of them, um, you know, just have to do with the cycle of poverty and needing to be taught things that we all take for granted um, for the most part in the world that most of us probably live in as as Lutheran um, Christians. So we really have an opportunity to offer housing, and uh, we do not charge for our housing. We cover utilities and work with families for up to two years to really get to the root causes of uh, why that family was homeless and um, try to really help the adults and especially reach the children to end that cycle. So tell us more about who Humanitry serves today. Sure. Humanitry, um, actually, we were just working on some statistics the other day. Right now, we have... Uh, about 18 families that are in our program, and in any given year, we serve about 30 families or 100 individuals when you include the kids. Most of them are living well below the poverty line at 30% of area median income, which is basically minimum wage jobs, or they don't have income at all. They're not even able to secure minimum wage jobs. And presently, 100% of our client families are African American, and that's where we're really seeing a need, and um, certainly that is, um, you know, with COVID and everything that we're seeing with upheaval in our communities, that's certainly having an impact on our families, and we're addressing that as we can. So how has the pandemic affected these families and and affected uh, your your services to these families? Yeah, Sarah, it's kind of interesting because we have, our families are very resilient. They've overcome so many challenges and obstacles, even to get into our program. So many of them were already used to not having income for um, a good number of our clients. So they have been able to build their income. They've been able to secure positions with companies and possibly even get better paying jobs than what they had before entering our program. And we're seeing a good number of them that have either reduced hours or lost their jobs completely, uh, which is really causing um, some challenges for them to meet the budget that they've worked so hard to build and stick to as they work our program. What about how you've been able to uh, assist these clients? Have, have, were you usually doing uh, in-person meetings or, or uh, meeting people face-to-face in order to, to uh, work the case files? Yeah, so we have had to overcome some challenges there, too. We typically do weekly in-home visits, but with the COVID situation, we've had to move to a virtual environment where we're conducting case visits or case management visits through virtual means. All of our clients have cell phones, so we're either texting, emailing, 
or, um, you know, doing phone, the old fashioned phone calls or whatever the case may be. So we've really had to uh, disconnect, so to speak, those in-person visits, which has uh, not been easy. That's a big part of our program, making sure that we're in the homes, helping physically being present. So we are trying to overcome that challenge. And I think as our city and county here in the country overall starts to move more towards what our new normal is going to be, we're going to start opening that up again and trying to introduce home visits again. That are, um, But some of our clients have concerns. You know, they don't know necessarily where our staff members have been. We don't know necessarily where they're working or the conditions that they're working. And many of them are in home health positions. So they're exposed to community members that already have illnesses. So we're trying to be very careful there to protect everyone involved. I'm sure dealing with so many questions and so many fears and that that may add already to the the uh, just the the challenges that they're already facing in life. How are they coping with the the stresses and the the questions and the fears um, the the families that you serve? Well, I think some better than others, and where we can through our our um, wonderful family support specialist, she interacts with our. Uh, our clients once or if not twice a week, we have a, a Monday moment where she sends an inspirational message and then she follows up with the families later in the week. And I know that's making a big difference for them. Uh, and we are, as a um, an organization that has operated in the Lutheran tradition, we have that added benefit of bringing Christ into the picture and dealing with with some of these stresses and these um, these just those feelings and emotions we can bring in spirituality to that and bring the saving work of Jesus on the cross into the work that we do. And that just really sets us apart from other organizations that do work like we do. Hmm. You mentioned earlier that the, these are families that, that you're serving. Uh, when the pandemic started and schools started closing, uh, how did that create, did that create um, uh, challenges for the families you're serving? Well, it did because daycares were closing, so the parents or moms that were um, relying on that the daycare to be able to work their jobs, those closed, they had nowhere else to turn for their children to be in um, you know, proper care. Uh, the children that were in schools were kind of left, as many of our families and listeners will know if you've been doing the homeschooling bit as a mom or dad, they've been left to do that as well, but not necessarily as well equipped as many of us may have um, experience in our own lives, we already have internet and computers set up. So they were kind of thrown into this mix needing to figure out how to access internet, uh, what to do with the tablets that the schools provided them. In some cases, we have families with four or five children, and they were all sharing that one tablet, and they had required Zoom meetings that they had to enter into for their classroom work, and it was just really a challenge. And some families, if they um, it depended on the school. If there was a cell phone that was owned in the family, they were not given a tablet or a laptop to be able to do the schoolwork. So they were trying to do it on their cell phones and um, just lots of challenges that way. So we're trying to introduce and integrate technology in a way that's going to help our children, especially if this, if we see a resurgence and something would happen in the fall or winter where we have to go back to this model if schools don't open up as expected. So it has been a challenge for, for our parents, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Have there been any any unexpected blessings or, or silver linings that have come out of of having to change the way that that things work over the last uh, couple of months? You know, it really has. We just got word this morning that we are receiving a kind of an emergency COVID response grant from the United Way that will help us to purchase a tablet or a laptop for each family. So we were already planning on developing and implementing a children's program that was really directed for the needs of the kids. So far, we've really only focused 
on the adults. The kids will come to some of our group meetings and we'll have activities in child care, but it wasn't specifically geared to them. So now we're building a program that complements what the parents are learning in the program. And uh, we realize that technology is going to be the way that it's going to have to go just because they're in school all day, on the evenings or weekends, moms or dads may be working or not want to have to deal with another, you know, kind of man, uh, a visit from a case manager. So we're looking at virtual opportunities to connect using Google Classroom. So we're helping to teach them some technology skills that will really be useful not only for school, but just down the line when it comes to some of the youth that are in our families as they're trying to pursue jobs and other interests, college perhaps, we hope. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that Humanitry is, is different from other organizations. There are similar organizations that, that help families um, get back on their feet and, and, uh, and make that, that transition successfully. Talk more about how, tell us more about how Humanitry um, is, is set apart from those other organizations that, that might do you know, great work, but, uh, but differently. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, the director of our, what we call our transformational housing program, she was a client of Humanitry years ago. She understands how difficult the challenges are that families are facing, and she's overcome it with the help of our program. So she's really good at offering tough love. Um, She's just wonderful and fabulous with the families, but at the same time, when those excuses kind of come up or work isn't done, you know, she's able to help them understand, like, no, I do understand what it's like to be in your shoes, and here's how you can overcome it. So that's number one. We have people that have experience. Um, our, Our staff just are so caring and compassionate towards the families that we serve. And that just makes such a difference to treat these individuals that may have been marginalized by society with dignity and respect the way Christ would would want us to. So that really serves our purpose as well. Um, And as I mentioned, just be able to talk freely about Jesus and be able to connect and um, partner with churches to offer complimentary services or be able to um, hold our group meetings in local congregations that may help our clients feel comfortable possibly visiting for a church service. So we're very blessed in that way. But again, we have to have God at the center. Christ is right in the forefront of our mission statement. And um, we're very bold about that. We don't accept government funds or we're not dependent on them, I should say. So we have the freedom to do that. And we feel like he is blessing us for that. And, and that meaning that uh, you rely greatly on the support of those who believe in what you're doing. And uh, so how can we learn more about Humanitry and the work that you're doing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are definitely um, dependent on donors that understand the need for Christ being at the center of any kind of healing. Um, probably the best thing that anyone could do is visit our website. It's Humanitry, H-U-M-A-N-I-T-R-I dot O-R-G. And that gives you a good sense of what we're all about. Deaconess Dr. Kim Shave, Executive Director for Humanitry right here in St. Louis, doing great work, bringing the love of Jesus to so many families here in the St. Louis area. Thanks for what you're doing, Kim, and uh, all the team that you're working with persisting through uh, these unusual times. And uh, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Blessings to you guys. Stay safe. Thank you. You too. Well, you've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,